Corbin vs. the World was recorded in front of a live studio audience. The character of Corbin is a work of fiction and is meant to represent your hopes, dreams, and your fears, and bears no resemblance to the real Corbin, who actually hates music. This show was produced without oversight, approval, or copyright from the FCC, and listening to it is probably a crime. Please do not report us. All interviews, jokes, and statements are a figment of your imagination. No one was harmed in the making of this show except our producer Chris, who has not eaten solid food in 48 hours. Corbin would like to thank you for listening and encourages you to send him money because he owes money to several large financial institutions. He'll pay you back eventually, he swears. Anyone who takes offense to any of the content on this show is politely invited to send their hate mail to the nearest dumpster and light it on fire. Now sit back, pour yourself a cool beverage, and enjoy the ride. Loudspeaker Studios. Welcome to another edition of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero and number one dog catcher, Corbin David Allball, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow on this, our fourth and final week of February. I am <clears throat> very excited to be here once again, as you can see or here, rather. I am joined here in the studio with a lovely furry co-host. His name is Muku, and he's my boss's dog. He's a border collie? I don't know. Whatever kind of dog likes to run around and bark a lot. I have been tasked with keeping watch over him for the week while my boss, the president of Poom is embarking on his biannual tour of all their American properties to make sure they're running efficiently, smoothly, and with a minimum of muss and fuss. And I am proud to report that this studio and this show have passed his inspection with flying colors. No bribery or begging necessary. Good job, me. And because... I've demonstrated what a trustworthy guy I am. That's why I'm currently standing watch over the dog. And we've had so many great times this past week, haven't we, Muku? For example, he woke me up last night to show off this big messy shit that he took in the middle of my bedroom. And boy, did we have a good old laugh over that. Yes, we did. Such a big, happy laugh. Okay, y you know what, Muku? I think it's time for you to go play with your favorite toy. You want to go find Mr. Squeak? Yeah, yeah, you love Mr. Squeak, don't you? I bet you love Mr. Squeak. That's all you want to play with is Mr. Squeak. Okay, go find Mr. Squeak. Rico, shut the goddamn door. Where's my hand sanitizer? Good God, drool and hair and stuff all over the place. There's hair in the studio. That's going to take forever to pick up. Okay, so real talk, this is the neediest dog that I've ever interacted with in my life. My Uncle Cletus used to have a dog like this, uh, but he got all that excess energy out by taking him hunting every week and killing innocent woodland animals like bunnies and shit. He used to show them off when we got back from hunts. It was super traumatizing, but, you know, at least that's an outlet 
for the dog. Oh my god. <sighs> anyway, what was I talking about? Why am I here? Tunes and joy. Rico, can you check on those mozzarella sticks that I ordered, by the way? Uh, uh. I have been so busy watching the dog and walking the dog and feeding the dog and playing with the dog with Mr. Squeak that I haven't really had time to eat prepare food. So I'm door dashing some mozzarella sticks from my favorite mozzarella place, Mr. Mozzarella, so I don't keel over and die. Side note, apparently they have a minimum dollar amount on orders for DoorDash, so I had to get like six orders of mozzarella sticks and the guy sounded really weird when I was ordering them. But you know what? Six orders of mozzarella sticks, that is a challenge that I'm willing to take. I will say that DoorDash guy is taking his sweet-ass time, though. I ordered them an hour ago when I got to the studio, and they're still not here. I guess it's fine. Supply chains and all that stuff. I'm sure he's a busy guy. Okay. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide. Okay. Um, speaking of good things like mozzarella sticks, let's start off with another edition of our new favorite segment, Good News for People Who Love Good News. That should get things off on a more positive note. Good news for people who love good news. So curing paralysis has always been one of those medical technology holy grails to me up there with curing cancer, blindness, HIV, all those terrible, nasty things that we pray never happen to us or our loved ones or just others in general. A group of researchers in Tel Aviv, which is in Israel, for those of you who are trash cans at geography, have recently announced that we may be on the cusp of a possible treatment for long term paralysis. Yes, you heard that correctly. Using implants that are developed from human spinal cord tissue, ew, they were able to put these implants into 15 different paralyzed rats. How these rats ended up paralyzed in the first place, I'm not going to ask any questions and just assume that they found them that way and there's not some dedicated rat paralyzer who works in the office or they draw straws and whoever gets the short straw has to like hit them with a hammer, which for the record, terrible job, I am sure. Also, Rat Paralyzer is the name of my new grindcore band. I'm getting off track. Since this is good news for people who love good news, you can reasonably assume that the experiment was a success and you would be correct, Mr. or Mrs. Smart Person. Out of the 15 paralyzed rats who received the implants, 12 of them were able to walk again and do all of the rat activities that they used to love, like run on their little rat wheels and run rat marathons and play rat basketball and all sorts of rat-related activities, while their still paralyzed rat friends had to watch them and get increasingly more rat bitter. Rat. There are several things that are notable and cool about this news. First of all, in the true nature of science, trying to vary our data and all that fun stuff, uh, the researchers used a mixture of rats who had been paralyzed for a long-term amount of time, as well as rats who had been recently paralyzed, and the treatment worked for both populations. Also, 
This is the first study of its kind where the cells injected into the rats have been actual spinal cells that have been taught to be spinal cells using fancy sciencey techniques that I cannot describe due to my shitty useless art degree. But essentially what they do, I'm going to explain this so shittily, but just bear with me. They take fat cells from humans, they put them in a little cell reprogramming center, and they teach them how to be spinal cells using crazy, awesome science techniques. Science is so cool. Most notably, this sort of treatment is projected to be used in clinical trials in actual non-rat humans in about three years. So by the time we finally get to the series finale of The Blacklist, we may actually be able to get paralyzed humans to walk again which is obviously amazingly good news. This is in addition to a trial case by Swiss researchers where an actual non-rat human with a severed spinal cord was able to walk again with the use of electrical implants. There are a number of different methods that are being tested right now that could actually allow paralyzed humans to walk again, which is such amazing news. And I personally think that the first and second people in line for that treatment have got to be Christopher Reeve and Stephen Hawking because they absolutely deserve it. Uh, Rico, not now. I'm talking, okay? Uh, Don't... Uh, but, uh, uh, Okay. Anyway, of course, this also begs the question from me personally. Swiss researchers using electronics to get people to walk again like their RC cars. We have Israeli scientists making Franken cells out of human body fat that make rats walk again. So what in the Jim Jiminy Cricket shit are American scientists doing right now to advance this what what are they actually doing trying to figure out what happens if people named jeff who are born on a leap year eat too many funyuns like what happens to them i would love to know but you know what that's a rant for another occasion we're talking about good things so for now let's be content with that bit of good news for people who love good news and now let's move from some good news into some good old tunes. Let's get some good old disco feelings to keep the grooves going. This is Sirens by Midnight Sister. She's got the rhythm 
seen Whenever I look into your eyes My heart is beating like a drum L to the O to the V to the E You're my baby tonight I wanna hold you real tight Let's dance and hide away You'll be cruising on the highway Tell me what we 
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. Who let the dogs out? I let the dogs out. I am your hero, Corbin David Albaugh. You just got done listening to Sirens by Midnight Sister. Fun psychedelic disco duo out of L.A. That was off of their album called Painting the Roses last year. What color are we painting the roses? That is up to you. Next, we had a song that I am absolutely going to butcher the title of because it's in French called Ceci n'est pas un cliché which I think means Ceci is not a cliché. That's me passing middle school French. And that was by a singer named Charlotte Adigeri. I probably butchered that name too, but that is okay. She has got a collaborative album coming out in just a couple weeks called Topical Dancer. You should absolutely check out, especially if all the songs are in that fun dancey dance groove. And finally, we had a song called How Can I Help You by Kevin Devine out of Brooklyn. He is part of the band Bad Books, but that is a solo project from him. And his solo backing band is called His Goddamn Band. So, hey, just a quick note, Kevin. Maybe get some positive self-talk for your bandmates. Bad Books, Goddamn Band. Let's get positive in there. Switching gears, if you are listening to this show and you reside in the Lake Tahoe area in California, first of all, fuck you for making more money than me. Secondly, I want you to watch out for any possible 
bear invasions. No, this is not a roundabout reference to Russian military action abroad. This is a real thing that is taking place. There is an actual 500-pound bear that has been breaking into people's houses in South Tahoe, California, driving people from their homes, stealing their food, eating their porridge, drinking their beer, watching a bunch of porn and charging it to their direct TV account and leaving a trail of destruction in its wake. His name is Hank the Tank. And no, I am not making any of that information up, except for maybe the stuff about the porn. That is a real thing that is currently happening. He has been responsible for break-ins in dozens of homes. That is dozens with an S, plural. And somehow, all the powers that be are having a lot of trouble tracking his next moves, because I guess Hank doesn't have a TikTok or Facebook or anything. And without that, there's really no way to keep track of him. And side note, just a question. I'm not a forest ranger. I'm aware. I'm just a guy with a microphone and a lot of good feelings. But if we're talking about a 500-pound bear that's breaking into houses, how can they not track that what sort of metal gear solid ninja powers does this bear have that people cannot actually keep track of his whereabouts aren't there people whose whole jobs revolve around being able to pick up on the subtle signs of the world around them to track animals like a forest ranger can't track a crouching tiger hidden stealth bear based on all the destruction that's been left in their wake just follow the hot sauce and the chicken wings or whatever the shit people eat in tahoe i guess it's california so maybe tofu i don't know Whatever. Obviously, there's a lot of fear and anxiety amongst the population there, which I can absolutely empathize with. See, I get bad anxiety when little kids would show up at my door trying to sell cookies or the Book of Mormon or whatever kids sell. I can't imagine what it would be like if those kids were 500 pounds covered in fur and claws and couldn't be shooed away with my usual tactic of turning off all my lights and hiding behind my couch. Nature cannot be reasoned with in that way. Um, so... I do hope that there is some sort of non-violent solution to this problem that doesn't involve any kind of bear carnage. I'm a big fan of bears. I watched this documentary once. It was called Grizzly Man. It was narrated by this German guy, and it's all about this guy named Tim who loved bears, and the bears really loved him. He would get up close to them, and he would pet them, and he would give them cute little names like Tabitha and Eugene, and they had a grand old time, and they got along so well and they lived in the woods and they sang songs together and I don't remember exactly how it ends. But, I mean, bears are our friends. I don't think there's any reason for us to exterminate a bear just because he's the size of like two Terry Crews standing on top of each other and ruining the lives of Californians. That's what gas prices are for. This is also the perfect segue into another bit of product placement from our wonderful sponsors at Poom. <laughs> Poom spray is a cheap and totally non-lethal aerosol deterrent to all types of wildlife, insects, rodents, bears, you name it. Poom spray will ward it away with just a quick spritz around the suspect area. Better than any bug or bear spray currently on the market, Poom spray's secret nature-tested formula is guaranteed to ward away any and all living things for an entire week. 
It also looks and smells suspiciously like boom juice, but I'm just going to assume that that is a casual coincidence. <laughs> I know it works because I doused my studio door in it during our musical break, and this is the longest that Muku has left me the hell alone all week. So I know it works. Uh, you have my guarantee. So go to our website at whomwonderful.com, that's P-U-M, wonderful, and order using our special code S-F-U-A-D. Tell them Corbin sent you. This next song is titled the same thing that I would say if a bear were to burst through my door. It's called, Oh! And hopefully by the time we're done, the guy will be here with my goddamn mozzarella sticks.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got done hearing the Linda Lindas, a young up and coming riot girly group out of L.A. That song was called Oh, with an exclamation point. They have a new album out at the beginning of April. Definitely check that one out. A lot of exciting potential from that group. And hopefully we got some good things to come from them in the future times. Next, we had Illuminati Hotties. That is another L.A.-based Riot Girl institution. Been around for a little bit longer. She had a new album that came out last year called Let Me Do One More. It's a pretty good album. What you just heard was a little one-off single that she dropped earlier this month called Sandwich Sharer. And I love the song, but I hate the concept. I personally would never share a sandwich. Those things are sacred especially a McCharger. Rounding us out, we had Harmony Woods. That is a singer-songwriter out of Philadelphia. And that track was called God's Gift to Women off of her album from last year called Graceful Rage, the most majestic type of rage that you can have. And that's the kind that I like to embody on a daily basis. So speaking of Graceful Rage, in the latest edition of Corbin Spends 48 Hours of His Life binge-watching an entire TV series, I had a great time checking out Peacemaker on HBO Max, starring everyone's favorite pro wrestler gone Hollywood. That's not Hulk Hogan, not The Rock. That is John Cena. It's got everything a red-blooded American loves in their entertainment content. It's got blood and gore, shotgun blasts, explosions, foul language, John Cena's freakish physique crammed into a banana hammock. Dough works. It's also a lovely antidote, in my opinion, to a superhero genre that's gotten a little navel gazy ever since the big ol' Infinity War gangbang. Don't get me wrong, I love the new Spider Man movie as much as the next guy because of the sheer megaton force of the nostalgia bomb it dropped on me between Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Willem Dafoe doing Willem Dafoe things. But that's kind of my point that I'm meandering towards. I feel like the superhero movie and TV genre, and I guess I'm talking about Marvel specifically right now, it's getting a little beholden to its own mystique, not the X-Men version, but its own, the atmosphere that it's created. Like, at a certain point, I feel like we're going to run out of intellectual properties to drag out of the bullpen, resurrect, and call back to. And it just feels at this point like you have a small platoon of Disney executives that are playing with a set of dice. On one set of dice, you have B-level superhero properties. And then on the other set of dice, you have flavor of the year actors. And once they've settled on that combination, shout out Moon Knight, they just fill it up with plot devices, mystery boxes, and useless quips. And then they move right on to the next one. Obviously, I love big dumb spectacles. I'm about to go off on a whole separate rant about that. But I need to have some variety in my superhero buffet. I can't keep getting all the fun fan service and the goofy quips and all that. I want a little character development. I want a little jazz thrown in. If I'm settling down to watch some superhero stuff, I don't want to go into it knowing that I'm either going to be watching some star-studded quipathon or some dark and broody dronathon run through a blue-gray cinema filter. What's up, Batman? Oh shit. That's finally the mozzarella sticks. Yes, 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 yes. Uh Rico, can you go get that? I'm kind of in the middle of the uh, thing right now here. Can you Here's my card. Please don't charge for 
whatever movies you like to watch late at night, please and thank you. And make sure to tip them well, but not too well, since they took their sweet time getting here. Thank you, Rico. Appreciate you. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bataranging back to Peacemaker. I haven't gotten around to my absolute favorite part of the show. Specifically, the thing I love the most about it is it is the most respect shown to the hair metal genre that I have seen in over 30 years. I'm not exaggerating when I say that the entire soundtrack is made up of either throwback 80s hair metal or contemporary hair metal music, which is apparently one of Sweden's main exports nowadays, other than Poom. And I'm not talking like the stereotypical hair metal bands like Poison or Motley Crue. I'm talking Faster Pussycat, Hanoi Rocks, Pretty Boy Floyd, etc., etc. I am going to go ahead and unmask myself here. I am a closet hair metal fanboy. I've been from junior high onward, and it is one of the most vindicating viewing experiences I have had in a while. Fun fact about me, the very first concert I ever went to was a hair metal revival festival, and Vince Neil from Motley Crue headline. Warrant was there. Faster Pussycat was there. White Lion was there before they burned down the nightclub. It was awesome. I got the worst sunburn of my life there. That's a side note. Super proud of both of those facts. Maybe not the eventual skin cancer. But getting back to Peacemaker, I really hope that in the long term, it forces a real, honest conversation about hair metal's actual place in music history, other than just a punchline by hack music writers. And there's not a punchline coming from me on my part because I legitimately feel strongly about this. I think that hatred for hair metal is a relic of bitter, annoying Gen X music journalists who associate it with all the cringe they felt going through high school when they were shitty teenagers, and it's a feeling that they've passed down and it's been inherited by all their equally bitter, annoying offspring who worship the ground that Tom York cries on. There is nothing wrong with music that's fun. And it's not like shallow dipshit hedonistic music just suddenly died out as soon as Kurt Cobain picked up a guitar. Like, what the fuck was LMFAO? What was Soldier Boy? What was literally all of the scene kid music that everyone was losing their shit over for when we were young fest? The entire EDM genre, the Chainsmokers. I could go on. And I'm not trying to drag any of those groups, maybe the Chainsmokers, but my point is they're dumb and they're fun. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like Poison, just like Faster Pussycat. Just because they're not playing metal riff power chords or putting on a shitload of eyeliner doesn't mean that they don't share some of that same musical DNA. And we should respect that. Respect hair metal and the gift that they gave us. The gift of stupid hedonistic joy. I am all about that. So next time a dork in thick glasses tries to dunk on hair metal in front of you, you fight the good fight. You punch them right in their stupid, shitty little Adam's apple so they will never be able to sing along to Paranoid Android again, goddammit. Oh, it's time for some mozzarella sticks! Here's tunes. Deeply, 
Can I sing for my supper? Can I dance on a penny? It is useless, but I am faithful Like a snowball in the rain I'm reaching, I'm stumbling over my own feet Day after day Praying I wake up in a foreign land So varied and strange In another body, in a shapeless frame And in the morning, so gray and I will fix my light on the nearest easy thing When you used to laugh Rooms used to open for you Like a handshake returned Like a mother weeping
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing another lovely triage of songs. First one was by a group called TV Priest out of the UK. That is their song called One Easy Thing. Fun fact about TV Priest, the singer of the band, his name is Charlie Drinkwater, which has absolutely got to be a spy pseudonym of some kind. That's a name that I would make up if I was trying to run away from the police. Yeah, the singer's name is Charlie Drinkwater. The guitarist is Brandon Eat Sandwich. The drummer is Jeff Gumchewer, etc., etc. Next, we had... They're going to be really mad at me if they ever hear this episode. Next, we had the group Destroyer. That is the solo project of Dan Behar, who is a member of the New Pornographers. He has got a new album out on the way that is called Labyrinthitis. That was his new song called Drink the Bread, Eat the Wine. And I'm not a doctor, but I feel like that's not exactly the way to go about it. But what do I know? Finally, we had Modern Studies, another group out of the UK, but without any band members with funny names. That was their song called Mothlight, and they have a new album coming out called We Are There. Just going to step away from the microphone really fast and just grab another mozzarella stick. Oh my god, these are like heaven. Rico, you have no idea how good these are. Being a robot has got to suck, dude. <laughs> we are just coming to the close of this episode. I've still got three more orders of mozzarella sticks to truck through here, uh, and I am going to try and enjoy those in peace. But I want to just quick shout out all of the lovely things that make Corbin versus the world go round. First of all, make sure to follow me at Corbin versus the world on Instagram to get a peek at all of the lovely things I do in my day-to-day -day life, as well as the tunes that I am listening to that I post to my story on a semi-daily basis. Also be sure to check out our website at Corbin versus the world.com. And of course, our lovely parent website at Poom That's P-U-M wonderful Dot com where you can get yourself a free can of poom spray for 300 corbin coin also quick shout out to the guy who did our intro for today's show that is my good friend chase hope you're having a good time down south my friend if you are interested in doing an intro for this show once again just shoot me a dm at corbin versus the world and um hey why haven't I heard the dog? Um, hey, uh, sorry, guys. I'm just going to step away from the microphone really fast. It's not a big deal. I just need to make sure that everything's all good uh, outside. Rico, you did shut the door, right? Uh, right? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, shit. Um, okay, so not a big deal, guys, but uh, I have to cut this episode short because I got to jump in my car and do a little search and rescue mission for the dog. Rico, you forgot to close a goddamn door, you stupid robot! Uh, okay, and oh, fucking shit, I just knocked over all the marinara sauce on the radio stuff, I can't... Okay.
uh, sitting on the dock the other day. Um, uh, uh, shit. Um, let's, let's end with, uh, one more song. Uh, just play whatever I was listening to before I started recording. Oh, you touched my ta-la-la. Mmm, my ding-ding-dong. Okay, maybe not that. Maybe not that. Um, I said I was gonna play the Big Thief album last week, so let's just play something by, uh, something off the new Big Thief album. That sounds like a great idea. So, I'm gonna get myself out of big trouble. You guys are gonna listen to Big Thief, and hopefully I find the dog. If not, I am in a lot of deep shit, and there is marinara sauce everywhere. God damn it. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna go. Appreciate you. Big Thief. Bye-bye.
named Charlotte Aj- Aj- what? Fuck. <laughs> it was gum chewer. <laughs> Buff drink lots. <laughs> Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got listening. Piss! This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.